You're listening to Say Yes to You with me, Just Ange Marie, a podcast focused on inspiring you to say yes to you, your life, and your happiness. Let's say yes to showing up genuinely, authentically, and unapologetically to become a better, stronger version of you one episode at a time. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Say Yes to You podcast. My name is Ange, I'm your host, and today I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Jenna, and we are going to be talking all about health and wellness and specifically ditching diet culture in 2021. So without further ado, I don't want to tell you too much about Jenna, I'll let her tell you herself. Let's just dive right into today's topic and today's interview. First off, thank you so much, Ange, for having me on. This is like we were just talking about before. This is my first podcast, so it's very cool to be coming on and especially talking about a topic that is very close to my heart, um, which is ditching diet culture, not only in 2021, but forever because we are just not about it anymore. I am Jenna. I am a certified personal trainer here in Philadelphia. I also teach indoor cycling, which I am in love with. And that's really, was really the catalyst of how I got into fitness and into this health and wellness space in the first place. Um, And then on the end spectrum of that, I am also a nutritional guide. I'm certified through AFCA. And it is, I will be 100% transparent. It is a very basic nutritional guidance certification. It just allows me the ability to, one, educate myself even more about the ins and outs of nutrition, and also help to guide my clients. Emphasize on guide. There has, with diet culture coming in, there's been a shift as well with certain fitness people or fitness professionals, not people, fitness professionals, that do have nutrition certifications, you know, being really come for, and I don't know if that, like how to say it in that, in that kind of way, but almost on social media, a little bit of this attack. And it is coming from, you know, the registered dietitians, the certified nutritionists, which are completely fair in certain ways. I think that there's just to kind of bring it back as well to diet culture. There are some really, you know, just poorly informed personal trainers that are putting every single one of their clients on a unsafe meal plan. We've seen it before and we see it constantly of that, you know, that magic 1200 calorie number and that calorie deficit and that restrictive mentality. Um, And I think that when nutritionists and registered dietitians are speaking to that, that's who they're speaking to. Um, But when it comes to me and my nutritional guidance, I'm very much focused on helping my clients establish sustainable and long-term habits when it comes to food. I struggled for many years with diet culture. I can remember going on, you know, my first Weight Watchers meeting when I was like 14 years old. And that was my first exposure to like counting calories to measuring out what a quarter cup of rice looks like. So I have experience with every diet that was, you know, I'm a 90s baby. So coming into early 2000s when 
Weight Watchers and Jenny Craig and Atkins um, were really ingrained in our society and really were the answer to weight loss and to getting healthy. And through all of those experiences, you know, I hit a wall and I realized that I didn't want to, one, train and eat in that way. That was a very restrictive mentality over exercising for a very long time. Um, I had some moments here where I did binging and restricting and experimenting here and there with some medicinal ways to get rid of weight. And that was not a good thing. We don't have to kind of dive into that, but those things kind of, you know, they scare you with your body reacts in a negative way, or you start to harm yourself for what to get to a size that, you know, maybe your body just isn't meant to be at. So I had a lot of, you know, aha light bulb moments. And that's really what got me into making this shift, especially in 21 of how to coach my clients. Yeah. When it, when it comes, when it comes to that and how I got my experience and like really how I started was I just was so involved in diet culture for so long. Um, but as I started to train myself, I realized like I couldn't eat 1200 calories if I wanted to work out how I did, if I wanted to get through my days, how I, how I did, um, you know, fitness instructors schedule is intense. You know, that 5am to 9pm is very real, especially when you're first starting out. Um, because it's kind of like you're taking whatever times they're giving you, you're, you are, I don't, you know, you are at the beck and call of your clients. If your client can, can do 8 PM and is willing to pay your hourly rate, like you're going to make it work. So my schedule was really all over the place. And I started to realize like, I can't eat such a small amount of food and show up as who I am and coach my clients in a healthy way. So can you talk a little bit more about your background with I mean, I just have a thought in my head. I was, I do my family's food shopping and I was at Walmart a couple of days ago doing our food shopping and I was buying protein bars for my boyfriend for his birthday. I wanted to find like lemon protein bars. So I went into what Walmart has as like the health and wellness section. And on one side, there is protein, there are protein bars. And then on the other side of the aisle, there is Atkins and all of the weight loss things. So when you said Atkins, that's what I think of. And I saw two people in the aisle, like looking like so lost, so confused, like what should we get to lose weight? And I feel like there is so much of that going on right now with the new year. So what would you say to somebody that is considering trying Atkins, trying Weight Weight Watchers, trying something like that? What was more of your personal experience with those kinds of companies? And then Again, like what would you say to someone that is considering diving into the pool of those companies? There is an appropriate time where having weight loss as a goal is a necessary thing. If it's affecting your health, if there are serious issues that we are facing where weight is a direct result of what's going on in your body, that's when weight loss is something that may need to be prescribed. For those that really don't have any idea of where to start, I would say that that having exposure to a Weight Watchers or an Atkins 
I can see, and this is what the, the problem is with diet culture is it starts out as very, um, I don't want to say simple. It starts out as very innocent. All of these diets that are out there start as, you know, just, just start, just try it just 30 days and to a better you, uh, just 30 days of not eating bread or reducing your calories will give you all of the results that you want. And that's the thing about diet culture is that it's all empty promises. It's really shiny. You start a new diet, you start the new year and you're like, I'm going to jump into this gung ho. And then what happens is usually if you're strong enough to make it even 30 days, you know, you get burnout. And that's what I really uh, struggle with about uh, with these kinds of diets is that anything that has you looking at food in such, you know, numerical ways, uh, like a point system, which is why I struggle with Weight Watchers a lot, um, even though they've had, they've really progressed. Um, but I even had to unfollow some people on social media that are following Weight Watchers because it's still everything is this point. Everything is, you know, what are we doing? And it, it started to even trigger me. But for those that are just starting out, I think what's really important to, to try to do is to block out just all of the fad diets that are out there. If it is something with a brand on it, like I would say, look the other way. The most important thing that we need to do not even as people that are looking to get healthier. And it's, it's hard to shift societal norms of like, how do you get healthier? Well, you go on a diet. That's, that's usually the, the yin and yang here of, of, of how you do that. Um, but what we need to do is not even thinking about diet as not even thinking about diet as a program, but just like, what are the foods that you're eating on the regular that aren't serving you? And what are the foods that we can start to add in that will? When I'm starting out with clients, I always have them journal for me for a couple of days so I can start to get an idea of like, okay, what is a day-to-day -day looking like? And then we can kind of go in and figure out what we need to add. Nine times out of 10, I have clients that are just, their first thought is I need to reduce my calories by as little as possible. And then they end up coming to me because they just have no idea how to eat and they are starving. So, you know, that that's usually that experience. But when it comes to those diets, like there's a time and a place that they can help you understand portion control. That's where I would say like Weight Watchers does have some good benefits to it is it shows you, you know, what a portion looks like, what are some healthier alternatives, those kinds of things. So it's, it's, it's good to have that understanding. But for those that are looking to make a lifestyle change, my advice is to always, even if you do a discovery call or 15, 20 minutes with a nutritionist or a registered dietitian or a certified health coach or a certified nutritional guide, somebody that you can speak to before you just try to do a quick fix because that's also where we waste so much money. I mean, becoming a member of, of Weight Watchers, becoming, you know, paying for a Nutrisystem plan or a Jenny Craig plan. These diets are just, you're feeding a system that is broken and you end up just wasting money and starting over every single time. So my thing when it comes to that is just really talking to somebody, start to see what are your personal patterns of how you're eating and where are the areas that you can really improve and then go from there. Um, but it's also like, it's hard to change, Ange. I mean, when it comes to, you know, the products and everything that's out there, there's a supplement for, 
everything, you know, and that can also be extremely overwhelming. I've gone into the Whole Foods or, or Walmart and it's like a wall of bars and powders and supplements and seeds. And you're like, oh my God, like, what am I, what is all of this for? And it takes time to kind of sift through that. So I think the most basic thing, the most basic place to start is whole foods, real foods, things that you can recognize, that you can look at, that you can hold. And then it kind of comes to like, okay, if I'm busy, then you would go for a protein powder. Or, you know, when you do need that on the go meal, that's when a bar would be appropriate. But you shouldn't be having protein shakes and supplements, you know, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, which is also ingrained in a lot of diets of like the liquids of just having liquids for breakfast and lunch and then one meal. And I think that's also like how SlimFast started was it was like the two shakes a day and the one meal. Like we know that now that that just doesn't work. Like these things don't work. Your body needs food. You know, it's you, if you're drinking liquids two times a day for, for a month, are you going to lose weight? Yes. But the second you go back to solids, hate to break it to you, but you're going to pick up weight even faster than you lost it. And it's going to come back and it's not sustainable for you. And then this is how that, that cycle, that up and down starts to happen and why people end up going back because they think, okay, I'll just go back on slim fast. I'll just go back to doing Weight Watchers. You're, you get to a point where it's like, when are you going to even out? When are you going get to get to a weight that you can sustain for a long time? When are you going to finally realize, or, or not even realize, but when are you going to learn how to fuel your body that you can continue on every day? That's where I'm at in my life. And when clients come to me, that's now my main goal. I'm not really focused on anything other than helping my clients develop habits that they won't need to go on and off of, that this is just how they live. This is it. Because that up and down, it's, it's, not, it's not good for you at all. Your body also needs to get to a weight that it's comfortable at. Sometimes it's a little bit more than we expect, but then how much better do you feel? I mean, Ange, even with your transition from, and, and mine, I'm almost 20 pounds more than what I was when I first started my own health and wellness journey. But at the same time, I've never been more stable. I've never been stronger. I've never been more mentally light and not stressed about food and worrying about food all the time. Like that's exhausting in of itself. And that's also the, uh, the flip side of things about a diet is how much you have to think about food. It's what am I having for breakfast? What am I having for lunch? What am I having for dinner? You know? And then if you go off of the plan, it's like all hell breaks loose. And then here we are back to square one. And then you're feeling like crap. And that's how that, again, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a vicious cycle. It's diet culture is a, mm. I can relate to so much of what you were just saying. I was on and off with Beachbody and yeah. Shakeology. Yes. <laughs> Which and the thing is, yeah. when it comes, excuse me, like when it comes to like those programs at the core of them, there's they're great principles. They start out so innocent. Shakeology, like again, if you're a busy person, if you don't like breakfast, I get that all the time. I, I have clients that come to me. 
I don't like eating in the morning. So when they see something like a Shakeology, it's perfect because Shakeology poses itself as like, will all of your vitamins, all of your minerals in this one shake and that's all you need. But like here and there, do I have a shake if I'm on the go? Yes, but it, are, is that product, that supplement, that processed item, the baseline of my diet and should it be yours? No, you need food. And I was having it as a replacement for breakfast every single day. And one of the things that honestly made it appealing to me and that makes it appealing to other people is that it curbs your appetite. So if you're looking to lose weight, it makes you less hungry for other foods. But I was on and off with that. And now I'm finally in a place where the only time when I do have a shake is, like you said, when you're busy and you're on the go. Like I think of when I'm going to a photo shoot and I don't have a lot of time, I just like make a shake and I have it in the car on the way to a photo shoot or after a workout, if I need to have something right, quick say, after a workout. Post yeah. Workout yeah. Post-workout nutrition is really key. And that's also another thing is when I, I mean, listen, I had no knowledge like when I was younger and I'm talking like that 16 to 18 year old Jenna, that's just kind of like dabbling with fitness and starting to get involved. Like I wouldn't eat after I would work out, I would fight like that. And then I would let, get to dinner. And that's when that binge restrict kind of mentality comes in and I would, you, you go crazy. So that's when a supplement like a protein shake are so key because your body gave, you pushed it, you challenged it, you broke it down and a supplement like a Shakeology or a protein shake post-workout that does have those vitamins and minerals and, and, and protein and carbs that you can quickly get into your system. That's awesome. But again, it's that, that shift of like, it's, it is not a replacement for food all of the time. And also, you know, there's, there's some, and, and again, it depends, but like for those that have a shake in the morning, like I think that's a great opportunity to get some whole foods in it. If you are not into veggies, if you cannot get that one or two servings of fruit, a shake is that vehicle to also get those other nutrients in. So again, I don't want anybody to think that like, I'm not here for a shake because I make them myself often, but I think it comes again of just when it's like that processed, like chocolate that you just drink out of the bottle when if you're getting a whole food kind of protein powder something that's on that has real good uh ingredients in it and then you're coupling that with whole foods like i'm all for that and the thing with shakeology for me was that it would help me lose the weight and then like you said i was thinking about how you said you pour money into these things Shakeology is something that you spend literally $98 on a month just to have like 28 servings of it. And there have been, yeah, and there have been so many times where I couldn't afford that. So then I would take it out of my diet, but then I would gain weight and then I would be unhappy because I would gain the weight back because I couldn't afford Shakeology. And it was just a constant like tug of war, just push and pull of getting the results I want. I can't afford it, take it out of the diet, lose the results. And it's like, I'm doing everything else right, but because I wasn't having that one meal replacement in my diet, that was like throwing me off. It's a mental battle. It's a physical battle. It's a financial battle. You are going on and off this program and still not learning like 
what's going on with your body? What is the reason that the second that I'm going off of this shake, why is the weight coming back on? Because it's just, it's, it's just not a good program for you to be following all of the time. I mean, that's also what people, people over, they also overdo these programs where it's like you're on and off Shakeology for how many years, you know, it's like, I have people that are doing Weight Watchers on and off for years, low carb, high carb. How many times do you hear people, oh, it's the new year. Okay, this is my fourth round of Whole four, whole 30. How many times are you guys going to do Whole 30? There are a lot of influencers out there right now that are trying to, not fact in my opinion, I feel like there are a lot of influencers that write up captions that make it seem like it's my way or the highway and I know best and those things that people are influencing other people to try may not always be sustainable and healthy and um what do you think about all the influencers and like the time of year that we're in right now and how do you how do you influence people to turn the other way well listen social media is it's an animal all of the uh, all of itself and I think Instagram is is a hard is a hard space, and it's hard because there are so many amazing things that have come out of this platform, and I don't I don't like to be like super negative about it because listen I wouldn't have met you I wouldn't have had access to so many people that I've come across, I wouldn't have learned different things if it wasn't for Instagram. I wouldn't have several of my clients if it wasn't for Instagram. So the beauty of it is that you can create your own community through it. You can find the people that you identify with. And I know that I'm not saying anything new here, but just to drive that home, like remember that you are in control at all times. If you are following people that are making you constantly question your self-worth, your own diet, your own body, then those are people that we should not be following every day. So I think the mute button, the unfollow button is a powerful tool. I myself have had to unfollow a lot of people, a lot of influencers with huge followings that I was just like, I'm seeing this every day. And as a fitness professional that might not have the full on fitness aesthetic, I mean, I'm very happy and confident in my body, but I am by no means a very lean looking female. I'm not, I don't have six pack. My veins are not popping out. I don't have, you know, quads for days. Like I am not the typical fitness instructor or personal trainer. You may see me and and look and say that, you know, she doesn't have the body type that I'm expecting of somebody that trains six days a week. So for me personally, it was really imperative to my mental health that I started to block those voices that were making me question myself. And over this last year, I've really seen a shift in a lot of people also in the fitness space. And that's the flip side as dark and as negative as Instagram can be. There's also that other side of things, that different space that you can find that you can create for yourself. And that's really what I've started to do. I've started to do my own research, finding different hashtags to to look into body respect, body kindness, body liberation, body neutrality, those things that are making me feel good as a woman 
outside of my career because as much as I love being a personal trainer, inherently it's not who I am. It doesn't make make or break me. If I wasn't to do fitness tomorrow, I'd be sad, but like, it's not all about how I identify myself. There's other facets to that. So I think that it's really important for you to create the space that makes, that lifts you up, that makes you feel good. That when you are scrolling, are you seeing images that are aligning with you, aligning with how you feel or how you eventually want to feel, especially for those that are coming off of diet culture. You know, if you're that diet culture dropout, it takes a second to kind of figure out like, you know, what are the kind of bodies that I want to be looking at? What makes me feel good? What are the kinds of, you know, food accounts? I had to unfollow a lot of like meal prep and, you know, seeing people with that. I I think I'll never get, get this image out of my head of like a dining room table. That's just lined up with containers. Like that would like get me in my head of like, Oh my God, this person is there's rows of, roasted shrimp and then rows of asparagus and then rows of bread of rice. And it was just like, you get into your head of like, if, is that how I should be eating? And that's when I had to really like pull the plug and be like, no, cause that's just not how I want to eat on a day to day. If that's how you do want to eat, then great. That's how you can, that's your community. But if you're on the other spectrum side of the spectrum, which is where I'm really am now in, in my own life. I mean, this is also, I'm 29 and I've been dieting since I was 13. So to hit 27, 28 and be like enough of this, I was really ready to just like, I want to eat to feel good. I want to move my body because I can, because I like it. And and like, that's really it. You just touched base with the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is moving your body because you like it. And how does movement mix in with diet culture and what do you do and what do you recommend clients to do when it comes to movement? Again, I'm all about progressing, you know, start small, especially for for those that really have had uh, an uphill battle when it comes to fitness and, you know, working out is work. It takes, it takes time. It's not, not everybody loves it. <laughs> like, you know, it, for, for many of us carving out time for ourselves is hard enough as it is. Then you also add to the fact that like, oh, the time that I'm setting aside also involves like me sweating and like putting myself through the ringer and like challenging myself. Like it's a hard mental shift to make for a lot of people. It also took me years to figure out what I actually liked, you know, like I was very lucky that when I was like 16, 17, I stumbled into a spin class. And when I got to college, I discovered group fitness and spinning with people my age, listening to music that I was into, like one that got me there. So I think when it comes to with my clients, recommending them of how to incorporate movement is find something that genuinely you like. And if you can't find something that you like or you love, find something that doesn't make you want to pull your hair out. You are putting stress on your body. It will take you time. 
And it's not always going to be rainbows and butterflies. Like I definitely have my moments where motivation is low. I don't want to teach. I don't want to ride. I don't want to do things. I rather like watch another episode on Netflix or do my laundry, you know, like those moments happen and that's okay. And that's also to lead to my next point with my, with myself and my clients is give yourself grace. If you go hardcore every single day, Okay. Especially in the new year, which is what we all have a tendency to do. Like, okay, I'm going to work out five days a week. Okay. Well, after doing that for two weeks, how sore are you? How freaking exhausted are you? How many times, like you're, you're just, you get over it, you burn out. And then what happens is you like take a, a week, a week turns into two weeks, two weeks turns into three weeks. And then before you know it, a couple months have gone by and you don't know and you're back to square, square one. So setting small goals for yourself, even if you're breaking it up, I also tell my clients that like, we also have this tendency of like, if we're not working out straight for an hour, like it's not a good workout. And that's also not true. 10 minutes of movement a day is also something. Your training program should be varied in intensities. So like, that's also something else too, is if you have a program that's telling you to go hard every single day, that program is not for you. Unless you're under the watch of somebody, unless you have a specific goal set in mind, unless there is a competition that you're training for, there's other factors that play into that. But if you are a healthy young person that's just, or not even, you know, that's looking to make some changes or looking to get more consistent, like start small, break up your movement, have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. Like, Movement should feel good. It should bring you joy. And if you start to get completely stressed about it, then something needs to change. I think I used to start with, if I could get to one spin class a week and then do one at-home workout, like I was happy with that. And then one day a week became two classes a week that I liked to spin. You also find your trainer, you find you find that person that you vibe with, and then it, it comes from there. And now we're even luckier because due to COVID, we have a lot of access now to different trainers. I'm taking other people's classes that I was never able to take because my schedule wouldn't allow it. But now with recordings and different Zoom times and, you know, you have the ability right now in 21, now that we're in the new year, to really carve out a program that works for you to figure out how to incorporate movement in a sustainable way, where again, when we're talking sustainable, we're not just talking this year, you know, or this week or this month, we're talking five, 10, 15, 20 years down the line. And if you get into this extreme sense of looking at movement, just like dieting, it doesn't work and you end up quitting and you end up, and, and then you end up having to what, like restart. And then it's a whole other cycle. For someone that's listening right now, they want to start incorporating some of the ideas and things that you are talking about. What would you say to that person or maybe someone that's completely lost and they don't even know where to start when it comes to incorporating some of the ideas that you've been talking about? What would you say to that person, those people? I would say to get real with yourself and take a second to just reflect and look at the habits that you currently have and really ask yourself, is this working for me? I really had to ask myself, like, is the way that I'm eating, is the way that I'm training really working for me long term? Am I going to actually be able to sustain this? 
And when it came, I would say for me, food has always been more of a struggle than fitness. I, like I said, I'm the lucky one that like one of the lucky ones that kind of stumbled into something that really made them feel great. I've been spinning since I was 16 and I've seen the transition of it. And I've, and it's something that I love, like in COVID, I got a bike, I, it's in my kitchen. Like I got, you know, you, you, for those that find something that really works for them. Um, I don't think that you have to, you have to change it, you know, for, for, I would say more of the novice that is feeling a little lost and a little overwhelmed by everything is starting to one, get real with yourself about why you're feeling the way that you're feeling and reflect. And, and again, take a look at your social media. What isn't working for you? Start to do a little research of food freedom, fitness that feels good. Like you mentioned earlier, body neutrality, body liberation, body kindness. If that is the direction that you want to go, then I will kind of bring it back to social media, which that's a great place for you to just get exposed to those other ideas. But you do have to take everything that you see on social media with a grain of salt. It is not the end all be all. It is a little app on your phone that when it is closed has real no saying in how you rule your life and how you live. So I think we should all be clear there that like IG is not the Bible. Like it's not, it is not the end all be all. And I think that people get so hung up on it and what it is. And I'm one of those people. I definitely have my moments of like looking at everybody else and looking at what this person is eating, even in that body positivity, that body neutrality space. I'm, I'm, you still get kind of caught comparing and looking at how, uh, she's eating or what they're doing. And you have to know when to just take a step back. And then I would take that second step of doing a little research to find body neutral fitness professionals, body neutral health professionals that are in that space to help you find a happy medium or what I like to say is the gray area because nutrition and fitness are not black and white. There is no one way to do something. And it's really hard too, because we all have those moments where certain diets do work for me. There's always an anomaly. There's somebody that can go vegan and drop 30 pounds. And there's somebody that can go vegan and can gain 30 pounds. There's somebody that can do six rounds of whole 30 and feels amazing every time and loves it. And that is that. And then there's somebody that does it and it backfires and it makes them feel frustrated and anxious. Like, That's the hard part is it does take trial and error. You don't just snap your fingers and like, oop, I found what works for me. It takes a little time to to make those shifts. But to bring it home, it's possible. It's not, wait, you know, it's definitely possible. I'm somebody that did it, that definitely made that shift from being an avid meal prepper, an avid six-day-a-week gym goer over exercising. Like when I was in the thick of my fitness, like when I first really made the transition to fitness full time, I was taking probably two, two classes a day, sometimes three, you know, because it's like, Oh, your girlfriend teaches at this studio and your friend wants to take this class. And Oh, I forgot. Like I teach my class at lunch. Like you end up overdoing it. And that happened to me where I was like, I really 
I can't sustain this. So really getting real with what's working for you, kind of quieting the noise, shutting those things out. And then as you start to do your research, start to align yourself, reach out to the professionals, stressing on the professional, not somebody with a blue check next to their name, because that doesn't mean anything. There's also that major difference here. We get very, you know, that blue check verified doesn't mean, doesn't mean a lot. Is this, has this person opened up a book? Has this person done any hours with an actual human being? Like we need, we also like for those that are listening, do your research and then do your research on the person that you're doing your research on. Like, you know, that's, that's very real. We see somebody that has a following and automatically verified with a blue check. We associate that with professionalism, with certification. And that's not the case. Be weary, be mindful and do your research when it comes to that kind of space. But the shift is possible. You you just have to do it. You got to be committed to just kind of letting go of the things that you thought were working And if they are working for you, like that's again, like I I don't want to keep like going in circles, but there are certain diets that do work for people. And I don't want to, you know, kind of poo poo on that. There are people that find that eating in that certain way or moving their bodies that many days a week or not that many days a week or eating low carb, you know, works for them. And I, and that is what I think too is hard is that for some like Weight Watchers has been their saving grace or Noom has changed lives, you know, and I don't want to say that in in a sarcastic way, but when it comes to that, you just have to be willing to try. And then if it's not serving you, let it go and, and, and move on and stop trying to force yourself to do things that aren't working for you. If going on and off Shakeology and like got you to the point where it's like, okay, it's not working like Dianu. (laughs) <laughs> for, for my for my tribe out there enough like we're not doing that anymore you get to a certain point where it's just like it, it's not working so I would love to end with talking a little bit more about yourself what you are doing in your day-to-day right now and what you have in store in the future if you have any future plans and things you would like to share right now I am really focused I'm really focused on continuing to educate myself in the food freedom and intuitive eating space. Like I said, I had a very close relationship with diet culture. We were like one from basically, I would say 13 to about 27. I did all of those, you know, in the early 2000s, like Weight Watchers, Atkins, Jenny Craig, Nutrisystem. I did all of those. When I got to college, I was exposed and I found out about Tone It Up. And tone it up was something that like I was doing, you know, all all the time. So it was kind of funny that like, I've really just had a lot of experience with diets. And then the last two, I want to say like last two to three years, I just started to, I was just fed up. Let me just say it like that. I was just fed up. I was dieting all the time. I was over-exercising. I was having those moments where like I was restricting so much that when I would go out to dinner, I would be at a girlfriend's house or I'd be at home. I was binging. I was totally overeating and I couldn't control it. And it was like this insatiable hunger and I was exhausted. I was exhausted by having to start over every Monday. I was exhausted by feeling like I just couldn't get a grip. I couldn't figure out why I just couldn't eat normally. What I consider normal and what you consider normal are two very different things. But when I think about normal, it's just being able to sit down to a meal and be satisfied, whatever that looks like to you. I was really 
frustrated by the fact that I couldn't find that middle ground of I'm either hungry or I'm stuffed. And I really needed to make that shift. And that was where I started to pull back on the restrictions, start to really introduce balancing every single meal out with a carb, a protein, and a fat, and really start to take a hard look at my diet and be like, okay, clearly going low carb for me is not working. <laughs> like clearly I need more than one piece of bread every single day. Like something is going on. So again, even to bring it back earlier about looking back and, and figuring out the habits that just aren't serving you. That was definitely one of them is I could, I, I was over living the restrictive, uh, the restrictive lifestyle. And then I also wanted to get more comfortable around the foods that made me my most uncomfortable. I don't know about you, but I have, you know, we all have those trigger foods for me. It's cereal and ice cream, two things that I wouldn't bring into my house unless I knew I wanted to binge on them. And I had to, I had to stop that. I wanted to be able to have a bowl of cereal and be like, we're good. Like you, you don't have to eat the entire box, Jen. Like it's, it's going there tomorrow. It's going to be there tomorrow. It's like you have, I have this because I had been dieting for so long. You have this scarcity mentality of like, this is my favorite food and I'm never going to be able to eat it again. And that use, that was like that little voice in my head of like, if you're going to bring it in, you have to eat it all. You can't see it. You can't be there because you're not going to be able to control yourself. And I ended, and that's what I, what I'm trying to work with my clients on and, and myself still, it's, it's been like this three-year progress of me really getting to this point of making that shift of being like, you can have everything that you want. You can eat in a way that satisfies you mentally and emotionally because food is a very emotional thing and that can be delicious that can be nutritious but that still allows you those moments to go out to dinner with your girlfriends and enjoy and then not feel like you need to come home and have more you know like you can still be at a at a holiday meal and not look at it like this is the last supper like those are the things that i really started to work on where I just want to, to be comfortable around food in general. So that when you're out, when you're living your life, when you're traveling, you know how to eat no matter what. And you also know that if you have to eat whatever is around you, because sometimes we're in environments that might not be conducive to how we eat when we're at home, we don't always have control over every single situation that it doesn't ruin you or feel like, okay, went off track. So might as well just like eat junk for the next three months. You know, it's, it's working on that. So through all of that, I did discover intuitive eating. Um, there's a great book that I'm also rereading just because I read it so long and like, and I kind of like tossed it to the side. Cause I was like, this is BS. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I was like, Evelyn, you don't know what you're talking about, girl. He said principles ain't shit. <laughs> um, but now, after so many years of dieting and honestly being the same exact weight that I that I was when I started, which is you know in that 170 to 180 range, you know, it's like I'm not um, I'm not a small individual by any means. But again, it's like nothing that I did made any drastic thing, many made a long lasting drastic change. There was a time in my life that I did get down to a very small weight, but again, 
the second that I went back to like eating a normal portion or bringing some carbs back in or going out to dinner, like, you know, I gained it back and it wasn't, and it wasn't even me like eating so much more. It was just like having breakfast instead of having a shake or having a regular meal instead of a chicken breast and broccoli, you know, like that's also that change. So in the future, um, I'm just going to continue to educate myself on intuitive eating principles, bringing those in with how I'm training my clients. There may be an eight week nutritional guidance program coming. I'm working on that right now, which is going to be an eight week, uh, group coaching program. That's really all about the gray area of finding your own way to live not the Instagram influencer, not your best friend, not what worked for your coworker. What's your gray area? What are the ways to eat that are, you know, gray, that aren't black and white, that going, that following Whole30 or eating pizza every day, you know, like what's that middle ground? We're like, oh, we can still have some like low sugar items. We can still have some fruits and veggies little brown rice, lean protein. Like I'm here for that. But like, I can also have a glass of wine. I can also have that scoop of Ben and Jerry's because like they have the best flavors and like they're all for anti-racism, which we're here for. So like go Ben and Jerry's. I will always support them. (laughs) They have the best flavors. Okay. Like I, I don't know where they come up with this. Like ridiculous. I think there was one that I just had that was like peanut butter and pretzels and like sea salt, like all of the goodies. It's like, am I going to give that up? No. No, I'm not. Hell and I don't no. want to. And, and, you, and you know, and it's like, you don't have to. And that's what the gray area is going to be all about is teaching people or not even teaching because I don't even like, you know, but just showing people that there's other ways that you can live your life that isn't a diet. That's sustainable. That makes you feel good. That you can also be active every single day. You know, like we, we can still be healthy, but you're not constantly run by calorie counting, by measuring, by weighing, by, you know, computing. It's, it's exhausting. And I just want to, I want to continue to show people that you don't have to think about food like that. As long as you have a foundation, as long as you have that gray area, that, that little bit of knowledge of like, this is what makes me feel good. And when I indulge or when I have some other things outside of that, I know like maybe I won't feel my best, but did I enjoy it? Did I take it in? Did I have control around it? Did I feel like I had to finish the entire thing? Like that's what, that's what it's going to be about. And as always, I have my zoom classes. Um, I have, which are extremely, I try my best to be as inclusive as possible. You know, they are not the easiest classes in the world. I won't say, I won't say that they're definitely a challenge, but it's a welcoming environment. It's a supportive environment. It's open to all races, genders, ages, obviously 18 older. I just want to, but if you know, you have a younger sister that wants to try, you can always, or a younger brother reach out to me. We can always talk about it. Um, but you know, that way you have more access to me as opposed to just working with me individually. And for people that would like to find you on social or connect with you, maybe you do that gray area program. Where can they find you? So you guys can find me in on Instagram. Okay. 
So I'm in that happy place of the internet <laughs> where I try to have content that is supportive and, and really reflects how I feel about everything that's going on and also those sustainable ways of eating and living your life and moving your body. Um, but it's simple. You can find me at Jenna, J-E-N-N-A underscore Stern, S-T-E-R-N underscore. Because <laughs> there were a lot of Jenna Sterns on Instagram that kind of took me by surprise. So we needed to have that underscore in between. <laughs> and then my my website is thephilosophy.com. So that's where I have all of my services, all of my offerings. It's more information too about how you can work with me individually. And my Zoom schedule is there as well. And hopefully in the next month or so, you'll see a tab for the gray area. It is coming, we are working on it. Jenna, thank you so much for coming on today. I had so much fun talking to you. And yeah, thank you again. My cheeks hurt. I'm <laughs> smiling so hard. This was such a wonderful conversation. Ange, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's an honor.